You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds, the owner of Summer Properties Northwest, Reynolds Client Appraisal, and your host of this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. We keep talking about all of these changes happening because of the COVID-19 lockdown, economy shutting down, businesses sending people home to work, and that's impacting the way they're looking at housing. Tons and tons and tons of reports, but indicating that that's what's going on. But what, from what I'm seeing on my end and from some of the more recent reports that I'm also kind of looking through and going, huh, is that really happening? I know in the commercial office space sphere, there's a lot of changes there because businesses, let's be honest, aren't necessarily using their office space downtown because it's perceived as just having way too many people in a close environment. And that's not a good thing. So tons of businesses are just having their employees if they can work from home. And that's what we're seeing happen, especially here in downtown Seattle and downtown Bellevue, still kind of a ghost land, just not a ton of people there relative to normal. But I think on the residential real estate, there's more of a theory that oh my gosh, everything has changed. We're all going to the burbs. We're all leaving the urban environments. We're all leaving downtown. No more condos downtown. No more apartments downtown. Let's all go out as far as we can get away from the coronavirus. And I don't really see that happening. I think most residential real estate is just super hot right now. And there's there's a lack of supply on both urban and both and suburban markets. You just you got way less housing than you've got buyers. And so I think a lot of the reports that we're seeing are a little bit misleading as far as what is really going on. And so that's why you're paying attention to the Seattle Real Estate Podcast, because I'm giving you the real scoop. And I'm, I'm giving you the scoop based on the appraisal feedback I get on a daily basis from our appraisers. And also our Summer Properties Northwest brokers, we've got about 110 of them. They do business all day long. And so I see the deals that come through. I see what people are looking for. I see what people are buying. I see the trends that are happening as we go. Not something that, ah, this is kind of what I see happening. So let's, this is a report that I saw that I thought, oh, that's a really good clickbait title. Let's dive into it and see if this makes sense and see what the real underlying basis of this article is. All right, so this is local news. This is from My Northwest. And the title of the article is Seattle Housing Market Sees Massive Changes, Massive Changes are in quotes, in post-lockdown landscape. Uh, and this is an article by Nick Bowman, and this came out a couple of days ago. With many people continuing to hunker down in their homes during the ongoing pandemic, home buying habits have gone through a sizable shift, both in Seattle and across the United States. Now, this contradicts a report that just came out from Zillow, which is a pretty massive database collector because they have all the, their online stuff and they, they, they know the searches people are doing. And it's basically said, yep, yeah, haven't had much in the way of change at all. Both markets, urban and residential, have heated up. Yep, we know that. But really hasn't been, hasn't been this huge rush to the burbs to get away from the Rona. And that, that isn't an actual trend that's happening. That is just an easily, I think, identifiable trend that people are like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. That's got to be what's happening. And it's not. So nationwide, the pandemic caused massive changes in buyer behavior. A recent study from the real estate researchers at point two noted, I don't really know what point two is. Um, 
Yeah, from square footage and number of bedrooms to access to outdoor amenities like pools and gardens. The post-lockdown home seekers are not willing to compromise on anything, and they are willing to pay the higher price to get it. All right, here's some things that are wrong with this. From square footage and number of bedrooms to access to outdoor amenities like pools and gardens, those are all just things buyers look at, right? The post-lockdown home seekers are not willing to compromise. Post-lockdown home seekers, there's a massive imbalance between the supply side and the buy side. On the buy side, you've got a million buyers running around with super low interest rates, forcing them to make these decisions on, okay, if I don't get this home, if I don't outbid the next buyer, we're in a multiple offer situation, then somebody else is going to get it. And I'm already on my fifth deal and I haven't got it. I've got so many uh, brokers that have made offer after offer after offer that are not being accepted because they're getting outbid by a higher offer. So to say that home seekers are not willing to compromise on anything, that is incorrect. So home buyers are, are basically willing to compromise on everything, including waiving their building inspection, waiving their ability to get an appraisal that actually supports the value, massive earnest monies. They're just, they're, buyers are having to do whatever it takes in this market to get a home. So to say they're not willing to compromise anything, that, that is just, that's flat incorrect. And they're willing to pay the higher price to get it. All right, totally agree with that. They're willing to pay the higher price just to get a home, not necessarily the specific amenity. I think they're looking at broader strokes. We want a home maybe in this price if we can get it. But to say that they're looking, I'm only going to buy a home with a swimming pool. This is not a buyer's market. This is a seller's market. It's super hot. The buyers are, are wigged out that the interest rates aren't going to be low forever. And they are going out in droves. And they're going out in droves into a market where there's very little supply. I think Kingston, Homish, and Pierce County all have about a month, which is four weeks of supply. I almost did four weeks of supply. That's three. This is four. So four weeks of supply. And that is essentially in real estate terms, that's sold out. There's nothing on the shelves sold out. So that's what buyers are dealing with. Buyers in this market cannot be picky. All right. In Seattle, that's manifested in a market increase in searches for homes under 1000 square feet, as prospective buyers have scrambled to get out of apartments and into permanent homes. All right, so they are looking at homes under 1000 square feet. What is that really a reflection of? Is it because they want a small home to live in to hunker down? No, it's an affordability issue, right? I mean, homes under 1000 square feet, those are the affordable homes. And in Seattle, that might be a five, six, $700,000 home in some neighborhoods. So not affordable by any means to most demographics. But that's where you're at. And that's why you've got so many people looking for these things. It's affordability. It's not being picky. It's not anything else. It's straight affordability. Prior to the pandemic, roughly half of searches tracked by point two were for homes under 1000 square feet. In the months since, that number has jumped all the way to 83%. In terms of the specific types of homes people have searched for, there's been an especial focus on, I don't think it's been, there's been a special focus on homes with designs that emphasize more isolated living spaces rather than open floor plans. All right. That one makes absolute sense to me. So you've got, say you've got a tiny little weird bedroom. 
So that used to be just the tiny little weird bedroom or den or whatever and you put up some pictures and you put an awkward chair in there, maybe an awkward ottoman, whatever it is, and you call it, yeah, that's our awkward flex space. Now that becomes a telecommuting room. That becomes a podcast room. That becomes a little office. That becomes a haven away from the kids and the pets running up and down the hall with no ability to block out that sound. Now you've got a workspace. So that kind of thing makes total sense to me. No issues there. All right. Before the lockdown, many home buyers preferred open floor plans and interior design elements that made for seamless transitions between separate living spaces, said point two study. However, just a few short weeks of parents, children and couples stuck together has reestablished the importance of and need for privacy and personal space. I think you're seeing some of that. But I'm not seeing this as a big wild trend. I think people are just looking for a bigger home in general. And if they've been stuck at home for a while, maybe they're at that point where like, yeah, we need a slightly larger home. We got one more kid now. We were going to make that this move before COVID. Now we're now interest rates are even lower. And we're going to make that jump. So let's get a bigger home. Or let's get a different home, whatever. And then they go out and they're like, Oh, my gosh, we can't for afford hardly any of this. So a little bit of that has changed. But I don't think very much of that has actually changed in reality. So while searches for smaller homes have become more frequent in Seattle, due to affordability, in recent months, so while searches for smaller homes have become more frequent in Seattle in recent months, the price range of prospective home buyers has also increased. It's increased, they've had to bump up their parameters to actually be looking at housing that they can get. Because on the lower ends of things, there are so many buyers willing to make an offer that it's, it's just kind of become ridiculous. So the higher you go to a certain point, there is less competition. And let's face it, for anything that's underpriced in today's market, that's going to have a ton of competition. And I'm talking mainly the big metropolitan markets, the big markets that have a ton of people living in suburb in surrounding suburbs, all feeding some big employment centers that are in more of the urban core. Whereas just 15% of searches prior to the pandemic were for homes between 500,000 and 750,000. 29% of searches sat in that range after lockdowns began. Here again, we're looking at an affordability issue. And something that I've been saying since mid May since the second week of May, is that I think we are off to the races right now, today, yesterday, week before last month, we are off to the races in jumps in value. I think values are skyrocketing as we speak, because there's just no supply. There's massive demand out there because of interest rates. And people also are looking to move, and they couldn't do anything. The housing, housing was just not moving along. Buyers weren't buying and sellers weren't selling during basically most of March, most of April, and the first half of May. So you took the prime home season and decimated it. And so people have had to wait. And now they're like, okay, I guess... I guess it's okay for us to go out and look, let's go out. I know we can do one broker with two buyers. And so that is what's going on. 
and people have come out in droves looking at residential homes. But a lot of their decision making is based on affordability. And I see that in the deals that are made with Summit every single day. It's like, oh my gosh, how many offers did that thing have? And okay, it went from here, went from this price level here, escalated up 15, 20%, whatever it is above list price. And that is not all that uncommon, even on the higher end, even over a million bucks, you might have something go from a million to 1.2, not uncommon. And I think the last week or the week before there was talk of a Seattle offer that had over 50, 40 offers, 50 offers, I can't remember, but just something absurd. And it wasn't priced that low. It's just that there are that many buyers who are like, yep, we want to live here. Let's give this a shot. Let's put an offer. Across King County, home prices continue to rise with the region seeing a 7.2% year-over-year increase in median prices from July 2019 to July 2020. Prices have climbed even higher in both Snohomish and Pierce County, where year-over-year prices were up 13.8% and 13.5%. Those are some big annual numbers. Those are massive numbers. Anytime you get into double digits for something like that, that's huge. That's not sustainable and you've got to have some artificial things going on. And that is what we're looking at. And I think we're going to see this strong market continue uh, through the next, call it three months, we're in we're in uh, latter part of August. And so we're going to go through September, October, and I think we'll go through the first half of November with a super hot market, it always slows down a little bit before Thanksgiving. And then in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's pretty dead in between Christmas and uh, New Year's dead, dead, dead. And then maybe through the first or second week of January, and then things kind of come alive. And that's the heart of winter here in, in Seattle. It's like everything's dormant. It's just gloomy, it's cold, probably a bunch of rain. People trying to get out of town, take vacations to somewhere warm. I sure hope Maui is open by then. I'd like to go there. We'll see. Still got to do 14-day quarantine, and I'm not about to quarantine for 14 days in my hotel room in Maui. That, that's terrible. It's like, oh, look at the pretty beach. Oh, you can look at it, but you can't go there. A nice picture of the sunset, though. So I think there are quite a few, and that's the end of my article. I think there are changes that buyers are having to make adjustments for, but as far as big adjustments they are making, as far as specific uh, features, not saying that as much. I think people are going with a bigger home, figuring, okay, that extra bedroom that we don't really need, I really need that as a den. Or maybe my husband and I can change, we can share that as a den. If you get a, an accessory dwelling unit, if you get a mother-in-law, you're going to pay a premium for that because those are things that you can rent out or use as a home office. We're seeing that pretty consistently. Um, you've had some big, big premiums paid for additional, uh, you know, accessory dwelling units, or, you know, basically, it's kind of like a duplex setup, but it's not a legal duplex. And so it's permitted as an accessory dwelling unit, don't necessarily have that across the USA. But in your big urban markets, you certainly do. So people are looking for that, but they've always been looking for that, right? I mean, th those are cool features to have. But now, it's especially uh, important if you're working from home. But I, I think what people are forgetting is that not everybody works from home. But a lot of the upper end markets, yeah, they do work from home. And that's what the focus is on. 
And so for the affordability functions, people are looking for searches under a thousand square feet, because guess what, those are the more affordable homes. So that's what you're seeing as far as swimming pools and things like that. Here in the Northwest, I've never seen a big premium paid for a swimming pool. And I've, you know, been an appraiser, I've been a licensed appraiser for 30 something years. And is that right? Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's 25 years, I don't know. Because when I started, there was no certification for appraising. That is how old and how long I've been doing this. Didn't have appraising uh, license. The appraising license came about from FIREA, which was Federal Financial Institutions Reform Re Recovery Enforcement Act. And that came out of the SNL crash in, crash in 1989. That's when I kind of started. And so I've been doing this long enough where you see these changes kind of happen and you kind of identify what's going on. Um, but I don't I don't think we're having these big moves like we're massive changes in post lockdown landscape. But it is a really good title to an article. And, you know, I kind of bit into it. And there are some things that I think people are focusing on, but it's more of an affordability issue, because buyers are taking whatever they can get. Buyers are experiencing buyer fatigue out there because they're making offers on stuff and they can't get it. And maybe what they are doing is they're moving a little bit further out than they normally would. And that that is putting a push on the suburban areas. But that's where most of the housing is. Most housing, residential housing is not in downtown. Got a lot of condos there. You've got a few co-ops. You got way more co-ops in like New York, those kind of markets. But you've mainly got condos and you've got some apartments. And those are not the highly desirable areas to be living in because nobody wants to live in the dense uh, markets. But those numbers are that not that different as far as what buyers want from the suburbs. I know I was reading an article the other day that moving companies in Manhattan cannot keep up with the demand. And that's because I think New York is so specifically density driven. It's so packed in that there's really no way to escape it. And that's why you had so many people get infected with coronavirus because they're living on top of each other. Uh, Boston was another example of that. And the outerlying areas of those places, you are seeing a massive rush to the burbs because it's 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 a mad dash to get away from the urban centers. But th those are some pretty limited examples. I don't think they're representative of how the entire United States or res rest of the parts of the world are doing. They're not really responding like that. And so here in Seattle, I think we are seeing a little bit more of a push to the suburbs. But the, those numbers are not that great com compared with what I see on a daily basis, and with what's happening with other studies that I'm kind of reading. And I've done a couple of podcasts on that too. And they're basically saying, yeah, we're not that much different than um, pre COVID, but the market is super hot. That's bottom line, market is super hot, there's not enough inventory. And so that's driving some of these buyers decisions that can be interpreted as other things. So that is really about it on the Seattle housing market, seeing a massive change in the post lockdown and landscape. If that does change, if we do see stuff that that I think is interesting, I will bring that up here. But thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, really appreciate it. Would love to have you subscribe to our channel. And also hit the like for this video if you're watching on YouTube. But I will catch you on the next one. And again, thanks so much for tuning in. See you then. Bye for now. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.